This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. All right, TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd Show. Phil, as usual, will join the show at 4. Until then, it's Zolgad and Manny Hill, who's also, of course, producing the show. And uh, we are audibling a bit in today's program, Mr. Hill, because we are waiting for the Twins to begin their press conference, at which Rocco Baldelli, a 37-year-old, will be named the 14th manager in club history. That news breaking early this morning, and then the Twins confirming it around 11 o'clock, and he is going to be introduced in a press conference coming up here shortly at Target Field that we are going to carry. So Rocco Baldelli, who um, who has held a variety of jobs for the Tampa Bay Rays since being forced to retire from baseball because of a medical condition in 2010, is the choice. It came down to uh, the bench coach from the Cubs, Brandon Hyde, Derek Shelton, who was the bench coach for the Twins, and then Rocco Baldelli, and Baldelli was the choice. And it sounds like they may be getting started here in a quick moment. Here we go. And we in? All right. Yep. Here's press conference. Exciting day here in Twins tor- territory. We're set to introduce Rocco Baldelli, our 14th manager in Twins history. So welcome, Rocco. I also want to take a moment to recognize Sid Hartman, who's here after 73 years of writing for the Star Tribune. He was inducted into the Minnesota Sports Hall of Fame last night. So, Sid, from all of us, congratulations. I got snubbed, but by the way, I didn't get invited to that. I'm very upset. Just a, a few housekeeping notes. Uh, we do have wireless mics on the side. We'll open up with, with Derek Falvey's comments, followed by Rocco Baldelli, and then we'll open up for questions. So with that, I'd like to hand it off to Derek Falvey. All right, I'll be, uh, I'll be brief here. First, uh, thank you, everyone, for being here today. Uh, first and foremost, I want to recognize... Rocco's family here. Uh, his father Dan, his mother Michelle, his girlfriend Allie, uh, and his brothers Nick, Dante, and Min, uh, who are here today to celebrate a, a momentous occasion for here for Rocco and uh, an opportunity that is very special not just for him but for his family as well. I think when we set out uh, to find the partner uh, and manager that we were looking for, uh, we talked a lot about finding a partner who had uh, who shared a vision, uh, who who looked at things uh, ultimately in a way that uh, would push us forward and continue to grow us, but also embodied everything that was about the Twins tradition, everything about this organization, uh, the character, uh, the integrity, the values of this organi- organization, and everything that that represents. And I will tell you that when we set this, when we set out on this, that was our hope. That was our desire. I don't think I could have envisioned a scenario where we could have found a better partner than Rocco Baldelli to be the next manager of the Minnesota Twins. He's a special person. You, everyone in this room will get to know that over time. He's someone who is focused on growth, development, um, open-mindedness, and communication. He's somebody who we believe will be a big, a big member of helping us build sustainable championship caliber baseball here in the Twin Cities. So with that, I'm, I'm excited to introduce uh, our new partner, the manager, the new manager of the Minnesota Twins, Rocco Baldelli. Hi, everyone. Um, to say I'm happy to be here, I think, would be a huge understatement. Um, so I, I, I embarked in, on this journey uh, this, this off season. I mean, a lot of things happened very quickly. 
um, where I've landed, I, I'm absolutely ecstatic. And um, getting to know the Polad family, getting to know the guys I'm sitting with up here. I had a little history with this guy. My brother played with Derek uh, at Trinity College. Um, but really getting to know him right now, getting to know the rest of the group and the front office and, and the people that work here, kind of getting out into the community, it's, it's, it's what warmed me um, to the Twin Cities. It, 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 it's, it, this is an emotional time for me as well um, because it means a lot to me. And, and I take this job very, very seriously and I want to work with amazing people and I think I found a great group and a great partnership to to show up to to the field with every day and it, I'd, I'd like to just take this opportunity to thank everyone <laughs> um the poll ads derek thad uh dustin uh there are a number of others dave st peter um these all of these people have made me feel as comfortable and um, and as accepted as, as possible, I couldn't feel any better about where I'm sitting. So thank you all very, very, very much. Um, and obviously, the people who I love are sitting right here in the front row. And they all came out here. They've supported me since I was a young person, since I was playing in our yard before Little League even started. And, and to be sitting up here, is, uh, it's an amazing thing. So I love you guys, and thank you. All right, at this point, we will open it up for questions. Uh, if you guys could all wait for the wireless mic, just state your name and affiliation so Rocco can get to know you. That'd be great. We'll start with Jim Suhan here in the first. Uh, to start with uh, Derek and Thad, can you talk about whether it was more his resume and experience or more the interview process and getting to know him that, sw that swayed you to, to hire him? So, I, I mean, I think... Part, part of what got him on the board was his resume, but I think what got him through the process was the person. So I, I think we did a ton of vetting of every single candidate. Everybody we talked to about Rocco just was glowing about his ability to develop relationships, to respect people, to both lead and follow, which I think we learned to be, he, he's willing to talk and to listen. And I think that combination was extremely endearing to us. When we got to spend time with him, I think the things that stood out to me were, were his humility. He was one of the candidates who was most comfortable telling us what he didn't know and how he was going to go about trying to ferret out information by talking to, to people who were very knowledgeable. And his wealth of relationships was exceptional. So the people he could draw on to solve problems, I think, was really what caught our attention. And so I think what was on a piece of paper got him on the board. What was in the man in the heart was what got him in the chair today. Okay. Manage here. So I have a, I have an incredible relationship, not just a uh, a work relationship, baseball relationship, but a very personal relationship with the people down in Tampa Bay. I've been there my my entire adult life, essentially. Um, the people there have prepared me to do anything, and I feel like that. I actually believe that. Um, they've they've counseled me I'm not talking I'm talking about personal things on top of baseball things they prepared me in every way to feel confident in myself to go out into the world whether it's baseball or not and and do whatever it is that I want to do so that's not a specific baseball answer for you but I think what Tampa Bay did for me was bigger than 
just showing up to the field. It was uh, it was very personal, and I have a lot to be thankful for for the for the time that I've spent there. Joe, uh, Joe Schmidt, Five Eyewitness News, um, Rocco. What is your philosophy going to be uh, leading this team, and, and not only uh, leading this team, but baseball and analytics? So how much time do we have? Uh, there's, there's a lot that goes into that. I, I honestly, I have different thoughts on different parts of that question. I think um, in general, I like to create a really good environment. I'm a little serious right now. This is a, you know, there's a lot going on, but I like to have fun. Like I, I like for the players to to love showing up to that environment, to that clubhouse. Um, I like them to be relaxed and confident, and and be able to go out there and have some individuality, individuality, and and have fun. And I feel like when guys are relaxed and are having fun out in the field, um, they play their best. Also, so I think that part of it is one thing I believe in. Um, I believe in just demanding that guys compete out in the field and, and try to do better than they did the day before or to learn one thing in a given day. Um, I believe in just simple concepts like that. And, and truthfully, I don't think it's a lot to ask, but at the end of the day, they will become better players and hopefully better people uh, by spending the season here in, Minis in Minnesota. And, and I believe that. The analytics part of the question, I came up in Tampa Bay. I, I worked in our front office. I did, I did a lot of scouting, and now I've coached with Tampa Bay. And what I learned is analytics, that's just a word. Really all we're trying to do is put our players in position to succeed. And if we can have some better helpful information that can either help me or help the staff or help the players, um, that's what we're looking for. I think it's a huge uh, – it's, it's an asset to, to, to have those – um, to have that information and have really the ability to use it, which is actually even more important than just getting a bunch of, uh, you know, info. The info doesn't do anything in and of itself. It's the people that are able to take that info and to really break it down and, and sometimes give it to players. Sometimes the players, you know, you're just putting them in a certain spot. And sometimes you give it to the players and you're showing them something. But it's just finding the best way to use it um, so they're comfortable with it too. Brennan. Uh, Brandon Warren's own coverage. Uh, Rocco, from our point of view, you were very clearly in demand this offseason for interviews. So why was Minnesota the right fit for you of all the places that you may have, have talked to? First and foremost, it was the feel that I got just from the, the conversations that I had when I came up here. It's, it's the people involved. It's, it was, I got the opportunity to meet the Polad family, Jim and Joe. Um, I got to spend a lot of time with the guys on the stage with me right now. But I also heard just as many, just as much as I sat there and did answer some questions and respond to questions, I also heard a lot about what the organization and the community stand for up here. And, and it gave me just a tremendous feeling when I left. And at, I'd say that's the main reason why I was so excited about it. LaBelle? On your right, Rocco Lavelle Neal, Minneapolis Star Tribune. Hello. Nice to meet you. you um, it's not the years in, your, years in your life; it's the life in your years. But at age 29, when you decide to end your playing career and go into another direction, what was that journey like? And did you know at the time you wanted to be a manager? So, right off the bat, at that time, no, I, I didn't uh, think really about being a manager. At that point, I was worried about what I was going to do the next day. Uh, Anytime you're kind of in flux or anytime you're, you're at a point in your life, I think, where there's change, it's a little scary for anyone, you know, the, the unknown. Um, 
at that point in my life, I contemplated a lot, doing a lot of different things. But Andrew Friedman, who was the general manager with the Rays, offered me a place, and, and Stu Sternberg, the owner, offered me a place in the organization um, when I was done playing. And, and I thought about it and said, this is what I know. I love going to the field. I love the people I've been with. I'm going to just go for it. And uh, at that point, I didn't have any real personal ambition. It was more, I want to work with these people, and I want to win, and I want to have a great experience doing it. And, and that's really the way I approach everything. Even, even to this day, that's the way that I approach everything. It's not about, really in my mind, I don't think very much about you know, myself and, and, and personal benefit as much as I actually do want to show up with people that I like to work with and that, that challenge me every day and that I can go out there and, and go enjoy, you know, this experience with. That, that's, that means more to me than anything. Joe? Hey, Rocco. Joe Christensen, Star Tribune. Hey, Joe. Your second year in the big leagues uh, sounded like you had a slow start. Pinella called you in for a, a meeting, and it, from what I've read, it was a real turning point. What, what did he say? What did it mean to you? And what, how might that shape, you know, you, when you're a manager? So, of all the managers I've been around, Lou was very particular. He he had his specific way of of interacting and doing things. That was one of the. That moment taught me a lot. That actually did happen. Um, I had a, uh, my first year, I had some success. I came into my second year and didn't initially. And it was very difficult. And you start thinking a lot of different things. And those thoughts affect what you do on the field. They, they tangibly, tangibly affect your performance. And, and the mind is, is incredibly fragile at times and incredibly you know, durable and strong at times. And that was a time where I needed what Lou gave me. And he called me in the office and he said, listen, he probably said like, son, and then said something else, and then said, uh, he said, you're our guy, I don't know what you're doing out there, just relax and go play, you're going to be out there every day, go. And it was, it was basically it, that was essentially the message. And just hearing that allowed me to sleep at night and know that I was going to have the opportunity and that even if I went over for the next day, I didn't have to worry about anything. All I had to worry about was just doing uh, better making adjustments, making improvements, and and it, and it did everything for me. John, hi, I'm John Shipley. I'm with the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Hi, John. Um, Derek, I wanted to ask you when you introduced Rocco, you used the word partner three times and manager once. Mm -hmm. uh, is this a new kind of approach, or do, do you feel like it is? Well, uh, you know, that wasn't by design, I, I would say. But I would say this, that, uh, you know, when we talk about, uh, we've talked all along about the importance of connecting all aspects of our operation, you know, from, from the Dominican Republic all the way from our academy down there all the way through the minor leagues and what we're doing here at the major league level. And we feel that way in the front office. We feel that way across our performance areas. And ultimately, we feel that way between, you know, with the relationship we have here. I think that alignment is so critical to long-term success in, in baseball. And when you look around the game uh, and you see different, um, you know, different 
situations that, that are right now either still playing or, or continuing to, uh, to show that there's growth and development over time, it's critical that we all have a partnership here around how we want to operate. And I want Rocco's input as much on uh, what we're doing in the Dominican and how we're developing young players as, as much as I hope he's asking me questions about what can we do to help around the major league environment. We're, we're a leadership team, and that goes from ownership all the way down through every baseball operation employee we have. I, I take a look at the, the partnership from a little bit of a similar perspective, which is we wanted somebody who cared enough to invest in our development and challenged us enough and capable enough to push us to heights that we don't even know we can achieve right now. And I think that's why we looked at this not just as a manager, but as somebody who was like more of a full service partner to us. Uh, Jim Suhan, Star Tribune. I was curious, have you begun thinking about how you can help some of the Twins' talented young players who have struggled? Obviously, Buxton, Snow, maybe Kepler. So as I sit here right now, I want to learn as much as I can about these guys and talk to people who've spent a lot of time around all of them um, and also meet them and actually talk to them before I, I feel like I have any ability to help anyone. I, I don't have, as I sit here right now, I don't have uh, any answers. I can only say that it's it's a it is a process and i i'm very much looking forward to connecting with these guys and talking with them because just as much as i would be able to share with them i want to hear what they have to say and i think that's probably the best place for me to start when when talking with the players dan uh dan hayes from the athletic um what's the timeline right now for your your coaching staff and, and have you guys already begun discussions amongst yourselves uh as far as putting that together Uh, I don't have it. As I sit here right now, this is one of the most important, if not the most important, initial topics for I think all of us to spend time on. Um, I believe, as I said earlier, the construction of a staff is is essential to a Major League Baseball team having success and creating environment and getting where we want to be. And and again, this is my first day. Uh, I'm sure this is something that is going to take a lot of time and energy, and I, I, that's where I, this is where I want to put my energy right now into exactly your question. Patrick. Rocco, uh, Pat Ricey, uh, does uh, the uh, disease that cost you your career manifest itself in any way now, or is that, uh, are you good there? So I take care of myself probably a lot better than I used to uh, when I was 25. Um, I feel, I feel really good. I, uh, I sleep. I get. I get. I, and honestly, these things matter. I get as much sleep as I can. I work out. Like I, I feel great. Um, but I also know that I that I have to take uh, care of myself as well in ways that when I was a young guy, I was not really thinking of. Um, I've gotten to go through four scouting seasons and four years of coaching, and I feel I feel more than comfortable that my uh, my body and my mind will will hold up great. Um, but. I also know that, yes, I, I do take care of myself, and I also don't have to run around on the field anymore, which is probably the most important thing um, you know, for me feeling well. But, but I do feel great. Thank you. One more question. How's your Spanish? <laughs> Honestly, very, very important question, and it's, it's, my Spanish is minimal. And, but I think, that's a, I think your question leads to, to something else um, and kind of ties back into the, our staff question that we just had which is 
when you have a staff that can relate to different players in different ways, I think you have a much better chance of touching these guys and helping them in their careers and getting them where they need to be. If every person, as you kind of are alluding to, if everyone spoke English and everyone, you know, uh, came from the same place and you know everyone was very similar personality wise with the same background I think that staff is going to struggle I, and I believe that and I, I think that that diversity on the staff in a lot of different ways matters to me a lot Rocco Armando Quintero with La Raza Radio and Telemundo Minnesota hey, Bienvenido a um, uh, Minnesota Thank you Follow up question <laughs> Is, is, that, is that the extent of the Spanish? Is that it? You guys played that well, maybe. See, follow-up question. Yeah, you're good. I was going to ask you about uh, your thoughts on being able to communicate with and get the most out of all of the Latino players in the Twins organization. So I think it works um, in a way where when you show an interest in people, I'm not talking about just Latin players right now, but when you... Uh, spend time with people and and you create a relationship i have as I have great relationships with many different people from many that came from many different places people I played with coached with um, when you take the time and invest time and in just in just people in general generally you get a you get a good response when you um, are kind and you know are there for people when they need you and you create trust and respect um, that's when people respond and I truly believe it doesn't matter where you're from I think certainly I think having staff members if, if I'm not going to be able to communicate as well as I possibly can with a player um, it might not be verbally sometimes but you might have a great relationship with someone that being said I do think that having staff members that relate very well to the Latino player um, it's a very important thing and, and especially in a sport like this where there are a lot of Latino players quick follow-up question um, are you actively looking for a Latino coach to have in the dugout with you I think that's a fair question I think I'm looking for a very diverse staff and so I can't speak directly yes I think in general that would be a great place to start and a great um, you know to have wonderful Latino coaches is I, I've seen one of my best friends, who was just named the manager of the Blue Jays, or I don't know, are we allowed yeah. to say that? Did that, ha I think did it's that happen? I think it's public. Is it public yet? Good. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Sorry, I didn't mean to mess, you know, <laughs> drop a bomb up Straight and, and the, you know, the, 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 the job bomb. Um, <laughs> I've, seen him I've seen him relate to players in ways that I can't. And that, I, although I would try very hard in some ways, I see him just step up and do things. Um, and, and I can't explain it all, and I, and I can't tell you why it happens, but he, has, he, is, he comes from a completely different place than I do, a completely different background. His coaching career started and has gotten to this point um, from a completely different place. But he relates to some players extraordinarily well in ways that I could never even hope to. And I hope that there are some guys that also I, I relate to very well that maybe he can't connect with as well. But really, I think the goal here is when you have an entire group that, like I said, comes from different places, speak different languages, um, have different coaching backgrounds, when you have a group that does all of these different things, uh, then you're really giving yourself a chance to have success. Because if you don't have, if you don't have that kind of group, I think you will struggle. Chris? 
over here. Jerry. Chris Long from Five Witness News. You said, I want to have fun. I want players to have fun, enjoy the clubhouse, have individuality. Sounds like there might be some Joe Madden influence in there. How important is he to what you have learned about managing and what you will continue to learn? Well, Joe was definitely an influence on me. And, and also, so was Tito, and, and so was Kevin. And, and truthfully, I've spent the, you know, the most time and the most intimate time with Kevin. Um, and those are, those are three different people. I mean, Kevin and Tito are like this, so maybe it's like two different people. But, uh, but, right. but they actually are um, similar in some ways. And it, it, they, I've seen this approach work well when you support these players and give them some freedom. They actually respond uh, very well to it, and they like it. And, you know, does that open up other avenues where maybe, you know, you, you might want to keep an eye on certain things when you give people extra freedom? Absolutely. But I, I, I actually think that when they come to the field, they show up to work. Uh, they take ownership of what they're doing better than when you're just regulating everything that they do. Um, and I prefer this approach to the other. Jim, back right. Rocco, Jim Rich with Fox 9 Sports here in Thank Twin you. Cities. Um, you talk about the fact that you know you like these guys to have fun, but how do you work the respect angle? This is your first job. Everybody knows you're the youngest manager. How do you get these guys to believe in what you're telling them with uh, limited experience? I think you talk to them. You don't. You don't come out the first day and give your hopefully semi-interesting spring training speech to the whole team and hope that that's going to do the trick. That's, that's not how it works. And, I, and the way it works is you hopefully talk to them this offseason and then you get to know them a little bit and then you get to know them a little more and then you show up to spring training and you take, a, you take an interest in them, not just in their baseball careers, but get to know them. I mean, I like, to get, I like, I like getting to know people and I appreciate the people that I work with, not just for the, for the players that they are and what they do out on the field. Um, I like to know what makes these guys tick and, and really how to get the most out of them on the field and, and off. Um, and so that's really the answer. I mean, when you have a good relationship with people and when, you know, I know people when they walk in the room and it makes me happy to see them and I'm actually looking forward to hearing what they're going to say, um, that's going to work out well. When, when stuff like that starts happening, it's going to work out well. And that's, that's really, at the end of the day, what I'm looking to hopefully create. And it, but it doesn't take, um, it takes time. It, it does not just happen overnight. Someone who I don't know or have never met, why would they have an exceptional amount of trust in me, except for Derek and Thad hiring me, I guess? <laughs> um, besides that, you know, they don't, they don't know me. You, you build that over time, and it, that's the part that I look forward to. The interactions that I have, and and in building that trust, the the trust and the relationships with these guys, and you don't know how it's going to end up, but that's the only way I know how to do it. On your left, Joe. Derek, uh, knowing Rocco's story of his career, like you do, sure. how do you think specifically, like the early success, the medical stuff he went through, and then kind of you know how he finished with flourish? How how do you think that will help him re relate to players? Oh, well, I th I think what. Rocco has established is an ability to respond to adversity. 
you know, in his life and in his career. And I think that's a, you know, that's a true testament of, of any leader at any level, whether that's a lot of years of experience or, or fewer. And I think that what Rocco has demonstrated, when we, when we vetted the candidate here and, and talked to people, it wasn't just talking about uh, with the GMs he worked for and, and just Kevin Cash, who he worked for. It was about talking with players. It was about talking to uh, minor league staff members. It was, it was about talking about teammates. And I think the thing that continues to be the resounding answer is uh, how genuine and how much he leads through trust and, and all the things he just talked about, about how he's going to build you know, his leadership style here is going to be because he invests in the people to his left and right. And having dealt with some challenges over the course of his career and having responded to those and grown and developed from those, I think that shines through as soon as you get the chance to spend some time with him. And I know our players will feel the same way. Patrick. Rocco, considering where you came from, I suppose you're a fan of the opener that is ruining baseball as we know it. Did you write a column on that? <laughs> Several. Um, so I feel like open-mindedness and just curiosity are generally good traits, regardless of whatever industry that, that you're in. Um, but. You know, I could speak, I mean, really, I can get specific and, and say, you know, the opener or whatever it is that you want to call it um, did not come from, um, it, it was an idea that has kind of been around a while. We've seen it kind of sprinkled into games throughout the years. It was an idea that we had had in Tampa Bay for a while. We were kind of thrown into it because we were going to uh, go in that direction for probably one of our rotation spots and because of other issues and things that arose. Uh, we ended up doing it with a few, and it, it got it got coverage because of the success that that it, it appeared that you know came from it. I like to give the players the credit at the end of the day because really we tried to just put them in a good spot to succeed, and they did it. They went out there and performed and made the whole process look really good. But they went out there and did it. Um, they were open-minded. They were willing to try a few new things they weren't necessarily comfortable with, but it. It's just showing that maybe not that that's the answer and that every team should be going in this route, but that something different actually can work. It's just not easy always to implement, and, and anything new is strange and challenging and, and can be tough on people because change is, is tough. Um, but I think it's a good sign, and you can look at that and go, well, maybe that's not the answer, but maybe something else is, and we'll be willing to try that going forward. A few more Dan? Rocco, um, how well do you know Joe Maurer, and will you uh, reach out to him, or have you, during this process, talked to him? I felt very... I've, I've known Joe from the other side of the field for a while. Um, he's about as respected of an individual in this game as I know of. He is a, beyond a wonderful representative of the Twins. He is the Twins in a lot of ways. I think a lot of people relate to him in a lot of ways. Um, they they love him in this area. I was able to get on the phone with him briefly um, earlier today. We have staff members in Tampa Bay that would want to coach Scott Kersey, our longtime bullpen catcher. is like his favorite player. And he would actually go out to first base and coach first base just to go out there and shake Joe Maurer's hand. Like that's the kind of guy and and that's the way that people feel about him and if Joe Maurer um, 
you know, I don't know what Joe's thinking about his, you know, own personal situation. And it now is, is probably not the best time to address any of that because that's his decision um, going forward. But I think saying that Joe Maurer, um, I think everyone would love Joe Maurer to be a part of the Twins organization going forward in some way. I think that's a very safe, is that a safe assumption? I, safe. I agree. I totally agree. Brandon. Uh, Rocco, when you think about your life in baseball, how would you characterize what you learned as a player and then what you've learned maybe differently in this part of the game when you've been coaching in front office and scouting and all that? How, how are those things different and how have you changed in that way? I don't, let, I don't really look at it as being different. I think I look at it as just what was I exposed to and that's generally the way that I look at a lot of things. Um, I'll get abstract on you for a second, but you know, I've I've always believed that like traveling and going and seeing how other people live and like meeting other people um, and just observing what goes on in other places like teaches you a lot. It it gives you an idea of like you know maybe maybe what you're doing might not be uh, you know the end all at the end of the day. And I I I think it relates to really all aspects of life, but I think it really relates to baseball. You know, when I was playing, I was exposed to certain things. When I stopped playing. Even towards the end of my playing career, we were already starting to talk about some new ideas. Doesn't mean every idea is right. Doesn't mean that it's going to help you have success in any way. But we, I started thinking about a lot of different things, and I was exposed to different things with our front office um, when I went to work with them, and that gave me a really good foundation of a completely different way of, of looking at certain things. Now, I actually do believe that when you take the a lot of traditional aspects of the game and, and teaching methods and things like that and just general good baseball knowledge and you combine it with some good information and good people to, to convey that information, that's when things can really work out well. And that's really, that simple equation is, is you know, what I would hope that, that we, end up, we end up getting going here. Rocco, you look good in that suit, but are you ready to uh, model some home whites? Absolutely. All right, and that uh, pretty much concludes the Rocco Baldelli introductory press conference. He is, becomes the 14th manager in uh, Twins history. Let's take a break, uh, come back, and react to some of his more interesting comments, including uh, being grilled by Patrick Royce about his hatred, his absolute disdain for the opener concept. Uh, Mackie and Judd, Phil will step into the studio here, the TCL broadcast studios, at uh, 4 o'clock to give his reaction as well. We'll come back and react to what we just heard, though. You're listening to the Mackie and Judd Show, 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN. I want to learn as much as I can about these guys and talk to people who've spent a lot of time around all of them um, and also meet them and actually talk to them before I, I feel like I have any ability to help anyone. I don't have, as I sit here right now, I don't have uh, any answers. I can only say that it's, it's a, it is a process and I, I'm very much looking forward to connecting with these guys and talking with them because just as much as I would be able to share with them I want to hear what they have to say, and I think that's probably the best place for me to start when when talking with the players. All right, TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd Phil joins the show at 4. Until then, it is Zolgad and Manny Hill. Derek Wetmore, who covers the Twins for us for 1500ESPN.com. 
was at the uh, Rocco Baldelli press conference, and he will join us next segment. Many observations off that half-hour press conference, Manny Hill, but here's where I would start. Okay. A- and this it goes to... This goes to the thought process of uh, Derek Falvey, the chief baseball officer, and GM Thad Levine in hiring Rocco Baldelli as their manager. And this is no fault of Paul Molitor's, but where I would start is this. It was imperative in the in these in the executives' minds that they find a guy who they consider to be a true partner in this. It used to be manager gets hired by GM. GM makes personnel moves and then completely backs off. And so Terry Ryan would go into the manager's office if there was a roster move to be made. But he even bragged about the fact that you wouldn't see him in the clubhouse on a regular basis. When it comes to Derek and Thad, they are always there. And they're mm-hmm. always going in with ideas and to talk to players and to talk to the manager. And there was a a quote from Thad when asked about this. And he brought up the term of a full-service partner. And I think that's what's interesting about how baseball has changed. It's changed a lot in a lot of different ways. But it has changed also in the sense that it's no longer we hired you to make out the lineup and run the club. It's we hired you, but you're part of a partnership now. And, yeah. and and this is not this is not on Paul. This is not Paul's fault. And I think Paul bent over backwards to adapt and learn and do the best he possibly could. But these guys were not going to be comfortable with the with the person sitting in that office until he was their guy and they were fully convinced that everybody and I don't even know if this is possible, but that everybody thought at least somewhat alike consistently. Yeah, well, and and I think, and and we heard him allude to it several times in the press conference that about getting to know and and connecting with the players and really working with the players. And that's not to say that Paul didn't really do that, but I I think, and this is kind of what we talked about beforehand when when Paul was let go, that there was just kind of this thought that they've got to find somebody who is going to somehow, some way, connect with these players and really um and and really find a way to 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 find what really ticks with these players and so that they can get so that that person can get the most out of those players and i think i think in today's today's world of sports that's that's what you got to have i mean you just have to find it's not and that's not to say that paul can't connect with players but it's just sometimes there's just a certain type of person that can connect with a certain group of players. And you just have to find that right person. You have to find the right fit. Mm-hmm. It's not always about, is this guy a good manager, a bad manager, a good coach, bad coach? You just have to find the right guy to get the most out of what you have. But in their mind, I, I think in Falvey and Levine's thought process, the most important thing is, does the person connect with us first and foremost? Yeah. Does that person connect with us? Sure. Because we've got a lot of ideas here. Those guys are in the clubhouse after every single game. And they are talking to players, coaches, manager. They are. So I think what they wanted is they wanted someone who they felt would share their thought process first and foremost. And then it trickles to the players. But there is no doubt that the most important thing that Baldelli is going to do in the coming months is establish a relationship with two people, players-wise. Byron Buxton, Miguel Miguel Sano. Sano. They are the most important individuals. And... 
listen, Byron Buxton, like it or not, was mismanaged by the Twins in 2018. Mm-hmm. He just was. Yep. He, he was put on the, the DL, as Patrick has pointed out, when he shouldn't have been. Correct. He is a he is not exactly a bundle of confidence. And and he started to get going a little bit at, at Rochester and September first comes along and he sent home. He was mismanaged by this team. And what they need to do, to your point, is have Rocco Baldelli now make up that difference and be able to go to him and say, I was a a young, very good struggling player too, and it's going to be fine. So no, I don't know. So no, I don't know if you take the food away or what. But Byron yeah. Buxton, it's pretty clear cut to me, is the only way to get through to him is to be able to sympathize, empathize, and go from there. And it's vital because the thing of it is, is this is something we've talked about several times in the, in the last few weeks, or last couple months, really. Buxton and, and Sano are so vital and so important to the future of your franchise that if you if you're looking to contend sooner rather than later, you need to get those two guys on track. Because if you can't, oh, then, yeah, then, you're, then you're, you're, you're looking at right. Royce Lewis right. and and Kirilov and those guys as the next guy that you the next young wave of players that you're hoping for. And this guy also said something that I I am I'm guessing that uh, Derek and Thad loved, which is analytics are extremely important, but let me take care of that. The players need to play. That's where I think this gets lost. I think the issue becomes. We get so uh, fixated now on analytics and statistical analysis mm-hmm. and all of that stuff that we begin to think that it's on the players to process that. It shouldn't be. The players need to play. Just put them in position. What you need to do, right, you need to sort out, you need to have somebody who complete who understands all of the information provided to the point where they can tell a player, I'm going to tell you two things. That's it. I'm telling you two things. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it, I'll handle yeah, not well, not not Paul trying to process it to, you know, Dozier or something. You need somebody who can or say Ryan Presley, like we sure. talked about yesterday. You need somebody who can say, "I absolutely know exactly what every I." You just gave me fifteen things. I know what they all mean, and now I'm going to go to the player with the one most important thing that puts him in a position to succeed. Because you can't be playing the game and trying to process the information and be successful simultaneously. Well, and the other thing too is it's just it's a lot of it is just learning how to communicate with these players. I mean, it's we, we talked about it with the Ryan Presley thing with the Astros. Was it yesterday or the other day? Where yesterday, yes, yeah. He he goes to the Astros and suddenly he just become he he goes from being a a pretty good relief pitcher to lights out for his entire time with the Astros this year. So somehow. Whatever the Astros did with Ryan Presley, like those are the type of things that the Twins have got to figure out. But if they really did, if they really did, just go to him and say, "Forget everything, throw your curveball, throw your curveball, but don't worry about anything else." Well, why do you want me to do it? Just do it, right? But that's it. But that's I'm telling you one thing: people like people like simple, yeah, and especially if their job is dependent on on moving at, at a high rate of speed, which pro sports is. You can't be like, well, and if you throw the fastball 35% of the time, here's what's going to happen. And then you throw the curveball 87%. Right. You know, just that tell doesn't him, work. Throw your curveball right. more. Right. And if he asks why, just say, just trust me. And meanwhile, you and have. And then when it works, you can pull him aside and say, see? And meanwhile, you have 15 factors of exactly why it worked, and he doesn't need he to doesn't know 14 of them. He doesn't need to know. All exactly. he needs to do is just throw his curveball more. TCL Broadcast Studios, take a break, come back. Derek Wetmore, who was at the uh, Baldelli press conference and covers the Twins for 1500 ESPN, joins us next to give us his thoughts on the Twins' new manager. 
People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Ooh. On 1500 ESPN. On your next visit. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and John. Ready! On 1500 ESPN. All right, busy afternoon here in the home of Sports Talk in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Let's take a look at your traffic. It's brought to you by Kitchen Window, 35W southbound. We've got a crash uh, in Minneapolis at the uh, 26th Street overpass. That's causing about a seven-minute delay there. So if you're in that area, uh, figure for an extra seven minutes on your commute southbound 35W. Don't miss the Night Fest this weekend from 10 to 4 at Kitchen Window on Calhoun Square in Uptown. Free knife sharpening, free knife seminars, and 20 to 70% off all cutlery. Kitchen Window's Knife Fest at Calhoun Square this weekend. Details at kitchenwindow.com. TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd is the show. Phil will be uh, in studio at 4 o'clock. Joining us now from Target Field, where he was just at the Rocco Baldelli press conference, Derek Wetmore, who, of course, covers the Twins for us, 1500ESPN.com, among his many duties here. Let me, I'm going to start you with an observation and tell me what you think of this. Uh-huh. Um, Molitor did nothing wrong and tried very hard. Now, now, they had a disappointing year in 2018, and ultimately that cost him his job, Derek. But Paul tried to adapt as best he could. But in hearing guys like Baldelli, here's what I hear. I hear a guy who is very much in tune with uh, those who run the Twins right now. And I think most importantly, I hear a guy who can take analytics and simplify them as much as possible. That meaning Paul tried hard, but if Paul was given a list of things that he was to try and execute with players... He was trying to process that and tell players. Baldelli sounds like a guy who's at the point in his career where he can take 15 things, boil it down to one thing for a player, and make it as easy as possible. You agree with that? Yeah, I agree with your assessment in general that he's well-versed in analytics. And I think his line was really telling when he said, analytics is just a word. I mean, it's a buzzword in baseball right now. We talk about the analytics helped make this decision, but I think... From what I heard today, the number one thing I take away is the sort of partnership aspect of it and that Baldelli was quick to say there are some things that he doesn't know that he'd seek counsel on. And I don't know. I just couldn't really shake that part of it, that it's that it's always about a partnership. It doesn't necessarily mean that's a backhanded shot at Paul Molitor, but when you say boiling the analytics down, uh, my my perception of analytics isn't that it's, you know, 15 numbers and you're boiling it down to try to give somebody direction. It's just, how do you learn from what you see on the field? How are we tracking it? How are we measuring it? And then Rocco's point on, it doesn't mean anything if you can't actually put it into play. So I don't know if that really answers your question, Judd, but there is this element of he swims in those waters he has for at least seven years with the Tampa Bay Rays. And now he's able to put those sort of conversations instead of going from stat geek to falling on deaf ears with the player sorry all the stat geeks in the twins front office it can go from stat geek to coaching staff and front office and they're all on the same page and be filtered to a player in a way that they can actually use the partnership portion uh to, to me is intriguing as well and and i really do believe that from the day that they got the job uh derek and thad wanted someone in that chair who thinks like they they do they did not want and they liked paul but they had to work with paul i think that they 
they wanted to get to and achieve the point where where Rocco, in their mind, is going to think exactly or very much like they do as opposed to them trying to explain something. I think it's funny they always talk about we're looking for disagreement because there is this element of disagreement that's necessary. Or, hey, if you don't see eye to eye on everything, let's talk about it. Bring it up. Don't hide from it. But I think there's also an element of you can't disagree on every single thing. It's not this, like, dysfunctional marriage where you're just picking at each other all the time. It's, okay, we're going to agree on some things, but big picture, it does seem to me like they're all in lockstep. So they say they're looking for disagreement. I'm not so sure. I think they're actually looking for someone who's right in line with their way of thinking about the game of baseball. And based on this press conference, it does seem like they found it. I think they're looking to be challenged in a certain sort of way, if that makes sense. Challenged or, hey, I hear what you're saying, but this will not work with this player. Let's go through it. The other thing, too, Judd, we got to talk about this is like his playing career. I know you were talking about earlier is critical to this. I, I don't, I don't know that he gets this job if it's not in the, the way that his playing career went down. Think about it. Top prospect, tons of pressure performed, <laughs> then didn't. Now all of a sudden you have to deal with that sort of adversity. I, I just think that's a no, another layer that not every star player would have. Yep. And for, for Bal, excuse me, Bal Deli to be able to, actually empathize with somebody like, let's say, Byron Buxton, or let's be honest about it, Max Kepler has not taken that step forward. We thought he would. Miguel Sano. Baldelli can empathize with the sky-high expectations that some of these players have had, and then the fact that they've fallen short on them. He's been through that journey and had to deal with that. We're, we're talking 10 years now he's been out of baseball, which is kind of surprising to me when I heard that. He has had to deal with this, and to get to where he is now, he now has the skills and the coping mechanisms to go through that sort of stuff. I think that's going to be nothing but helpful for some of the Twins' young stars. Derek, how important is the – I mean, and we heard Rocco talk about this a lot in the press conference, just the relationship, you know, the, developing the relationship and connecting with the players because, to me, I feel like that that's going to be the most important thing here is that – you know, and particularly with Buxton and Sano and and even with Max Kepler, because if this team is going to me and Judd just talked about this last segment, if if this team is going to contend sooner rather than later, they need to get those three guys in particular back on track, because if they don't, then we're looking at, you know, a couple of years down the road with Royce Lewis and Kirilov and those yeah. other guys to come up. Yeah, you're spot on with the relationship component of it. He, he talked about it today, and I, I talked to some people after the press conference, too. That is a huge part of who Rocco Baldelli is as a candidate, as the next manager. He has this, I know what I, you know, there's clearly parts that you need to work on with players. You could watch tape of Buxton. You could look at the numbers right now and say, oh, he's got a contact problem. Well, swing and miss. He probably has to change that swing if he's going to be successful. Why was he able to do it before and then not this past year? You can figure all that stuff out before you even meet the guy. What I loved about Baldelli's answer to that, he didn't try to diagnose any of that stuff. He didn't try to say how he's going to fix it. He said, I'm not sure how that's going to get fixed. I have to meet the guys first. I have to know where they're coming from. I have to learn about them. And I think that's going to speak volumes to some of those players as they meet him over the rest of the winter, Twins Fest, into spring training. Now you suddenly see, like, this guy's invested in me. This guy cares about me, not just about my batting average. And I think that's going to be a real, uh, you know, winning combination for him. Do you send him to see Byron or Miguel first? Because he's got to be on a plane in the next two hours to go see one of them. 
That's right. I, so I was joking about that earlier. I said, maybe you don't, don't fly him in for the press conference. Just fly him right to Georgia, uh, <laughs> whatever the nearest airport to Byron's home, wherever he's staying this winter, and do the press conference from Skype uh, so you can get there tonight. I, I, don't know if that's, I don't know if that's in the works today or tomorrow because I know that coaching staff is going to be the next big focus for the Twins, and shortly thereafter it's going to be free agency and trade season. Yep. Um, but you definitely do have to get a personal relationship, whether it's them coming here or you going to visit wherever they're staying. I, I think that's going to be one of the critically important things, even if not in the first 48 hours. All right, thank you, sir. Good hey. stuff. Talk to you later. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, guys. Bye. Derek Wetmore covers the Twins, 1500ESPN.com. Check out his work. He'll have plenty posted there. We already have a couple of things up at the site, including uh, my column on my take on Rocco Baldelli being hired to manage the Twins. TCL Broadcast Studios when we return. Mackie and Toe. Uh, Baldelli, by the way, scheduled to join us around 5 o'clock on the Mackie and Judd Show. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers! On 1500ESPN.